Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the EWB Podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you on December 21st, 2020. And we are one day away from the start of the NBA season. And of course, I can't do an NBA episode without my good buddy, the Genio James Liao. How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. Get excited. Everything's coming back. Dude, it feels like we just like finished the watching basketball like this is so still a little weird <laughs> yeah yeah well we just finished watching nba basketball but it's been a while since uh some some actual gsw hoops some meaningful gsw hoops i mean it, it certainly over a year of uh time has passed since a, a golden state warriors game actually mattered for you know playoff implications so uh Certainly a lot of excitement going on, and at 4 p.m. tomorrow, they will be tipping off against Kevin Durant's New Jersey Nets. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited, obviously, and, uh, you know, the NBA is, you know, always good with the scheduling, line up uh, KD against his former team, the (laughs) first friggin' opportunity they can, you know, yeah, like right away, game one, let's just go KD versus Warriors, you know, it's like... (laughs) It's crazy. Well, they better do that before everyone gets COVID, like uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens did. <laughs> oh God, dude, dude, that is I don't that is that is going to happen. Yeah, like I yeah. think it's going to happen to one team where one player is going to get it, and then they're just it's going to spread to everybody. Like I think it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, there's less players in basketball, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know, still, like I. I just have a feeling it's going to happen to one team. Yeah, it's going to be James Harden. That's that's my guess. No, yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> this podcast which, does not wish ill upon James Harden. Um, which, but, uh, which stripper did you get it from is the question. <laughs> Sapphire, I think. Sa- <laughs> Sapphire or Chloe, they, they seem like the more Diamond. suspect ones. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know... It, What's interesting about the the risk of COVID is actually rosters have been expanded because of this, right? And you know, traditionally you only have a what a 15 um, 15 man active roster, but now it's been stretched to 17, right? Uh, well, actually, technically, so um, previously you would have 15 roster slots, but only 12 active or, or 13 active on game day. Oh, so you I'm have sorry. two yeah. guys in suits, right? Mm-hmm. But are that are not active and can't play. What they've right. done this year is they've allotted all fifteen to be active for yeah. the game. Yeah. So everybody that's on the roster can play, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at some point. So that effectively gives you two additional players. Uh, you also still have your two two-way guys, right? So seventeen players total. That's mm-hmm. how you get to seventeen because you have the fifteen plus the two two ways. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, so so th- that really wasn't necessarily a a reaction to the risk of players getting COVID, but it was more so for load management because we are playing a truncated seventy-two game season um, over a shorter amount of time than we would have, you know, for a for an eighty-two game season. Yeah. Um, so it, it is technically a little bit more for load management than an actual like in preparation for you know people getting at, at the risk of getting COVID. We don't know how the NBA is going to deal with, you know, roster slots and stuff like that. They they didn't say anything about increasing it to like 17 active. It would be 15 mm-hmm. plus the two two ways, right? So right. I wonder if they're just kind of hoping that the two additional slots will do like the kind of dual 
um, you know, uh, jobs, right? Where one is to kind of tackle the, um, you know, load management, like you're saying. And the second is just have more and more bodies in, in case people go down with COVID, you yeah. know? So like, it's just probably a combination of both, just like giving you two extra slots because they didn't actually add like, oh, let's bring more people into the NBA. No, it's the same amount of people, but it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's just, but but you previously, know, if, if you had somebody on the inactive roster, you could still switch them in in and out day, like on any given day, right? They on weren't... any given day, yeah, correct. Okay. But yeah. um, you know, it's just uh, you know, you, you just in in the actual game itself, it's yeah, mm-hmm. only twelve, thirteen guys that can play. So mm-hmm. so if somebody yeah. gets like a COVID diagnosis before tip off or something like that, then they can uh, like be a <laughs> the 14th and 15th man can basically pull up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, exactly because i remember reading like um you have to submit your your active roster like i think the morning of or maybe the day before and, and i remember like you know situations right like a long time ago i think antoine jameson or some like you know a, a some player that mattered to the warriors actually got scrapped because some assistant coach you know, yeah, screwed like up. screwed up, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Active so, roster stuff, yeah. yeah that, that's pretty funny, but... Um... That's a pretty important guy to scrap <laughs> when we had Jameson, dude. <laughs> Imagine if that happened on his 50-point duel with Kobe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Boy, that would have been unfortunate. Whoever, whichever assistant coach did that would have been... <laughs> It's okay because Von, because Vontigo Cummings would have dropped Oh, look, he took over, right? <laughs> yeah. Vontigo took over. He was the... <laughs> He was he was gonna score thirty points on you know ten of forty five shooting. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, looking forward to you know this uh, this team that which will certainly be much better than last year's team and hopefully better than the years of Antigo Cummings. Um, this Golden State uh, Golden this Golden State Warriors roster is really interesting and. Um, the the major roster decision was kind of kicked off with the news of the Clay Thompson Achilles injury. Clay is you know shut down for the year again, uh, which is wildly unfortunate and really put the Warriors into a scramble to figure out how they could become um, how could they how could they remain uh, relevant and competitive. And you know the the trade that they made was using their trade exception to pick up Kelly Oubre Jr., which. We'll start there. I think it was a great pickup. Yeah, great pickup. Um, you know, Kelly's played well in the uh, in the preseason uh, uh, as well. So I think this is, and it was just, um, you know, it is for our 2021. So this upcoming year's first round draft pick, right? Top 20 protected. Um, so you know, if we end up, you know, bombing the season, we will keep the pick. Uh, mm-hmm. But if it ends up being, you know. We're, we're good and you know it's like the 23rd pick or whatever it's like yeah it's it'll just end up going to uh you know we'll give it to them anyways the 23rd mm-hmm. or whatever right but it's top 20 protected so and then if it doesn't convey it just converts to two second round picks yeah. so yeah. yeah so it actually isn't that much to give up for uh uber because the uh, other protections you know so and you get the one year of uber mm-hmm. so yeah, a 17 yeah. points. Uh, he was like a 17 point per game scorer when he was uh, on the Suns last year. A, a, an improved three point shooter, not fantastic. I think he hovered around 35 percent. 
uh, obviously playing with a different roster. Uh, I think Steph gets a little bit you know, more gravity when he has the ball in his hands, which typically opens things up for other players. Uh, so hopefully you know, Wiggins and Oubre will be benefiting off of that. Uh, we also get a great loft- lockdown defender in, his, uh, in Kelly Oubre. Yeah, he's, you know, I think that what Warriors really like is his, um, yeah, like you said, versatility on defense. Just seven foot wingspan. I mean, he's just a huge, long guy. Um, he's pretty tall too. He's like, you know, probably like six, seven ish, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, he's just has those really long arms. Uh, and you can already see it in preseason. He, you know, he plays hard on defense. He's already gotten a number of blocks, like just, you know, being long and, uh, you know, you know, weak side help defender. Like he's, he's, you know, I think he's going to be very impactful for us on defense. And then, you know, offensively, you know, we just need him to shoot 35%. You know, we can't have a, any of these like, you know, Draymond Green seasons where, mm-hmm. you know, you're shooting 29% or some shit like that. It's like, dude, that's not going to cut it. If yeah. you can just shoot 35, 36%, uh, just hit your open corner threes, you know, and mm-hmm. then just grab rebounds and go. Like, you know, that's all we need from our, you know, um, uh, small forward shooting guard type player right now. And then, you know, average 16 points a game, something like that, you know, 35, 36% from three and then play defense. That's it. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, he certainly has the potential to be that player. And, um, hopefully he won't be put in the situation where he needs to initiate so much of his own offense. Um, realistically, I think I like Wiggins trying to initiate the offense a little bit better than Uber. A little bit more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think Wiggins is just a little bit more under control and, uh, somebody has a better handle too. Um, Ubre is, you know, Ubre is like a rich man's Kent Bazemore. When I watch both of those dudes play, I'm like, <laughs> you kind of hold your breath a little bit, and you're like, uh, like I, I don't know what that guy's going to be doing. When he's driving, you mean, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uber yeah. when he attacks, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's just lefties, and then mm. like, you know, I mean, he he had a couple of good finishes and ones mm. inside, uh, you know, during the preseason, but yeah. uh, you know, we'll we'll see, but. You know, attacking and stuff, like you said, I, I also prefer Wiggins doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, I'd be interested to see what the uh, the lineup staggering, how that's going to go, how Kerr's going to handle that. Because, you know, what Wanamaker obviously is going to be, you know, the first guard off the bench yeah. uh, that's going to be playing. But, you know, maybe Wiggins can play a little bit there with him, you mm-hmm. know, and then you have some additional, um, you know, playmaking and a guy who can just, you know, try to go get a bucket you know if you need it in the second second unit so you know yeah. I, think Tim we'll Kaw- I think tim kawakami was saying that uh most likely wiggins would be that like wiggins would start the game but they probably yank him pretty early yeah in. like six minutes at, yeah, yeah. And, into the first and then he would be the primary scorer for the bench yeah unit, which i think makes absolute sense because yeah we're not going to have Draymond running with the bench unit anymore. I, I think he's going to, the Kerr's going to keep Draymond's minutes like aligned with Steph Curry, um, which means mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. you need, you need some kind of initiator in that backup unit. Um, Wiggins, Wanamaker, and probably Pascal too. I think Pascal yeah. is, is, is another kind of uh, niche. Uh, he's kind of got a niche offense, uh, offensive skill, which is, you know, either post up from um you know from the block or face up from the wing like one or the other um and you know i think not uh, a great playmaker 
No. Like that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So like, and then he has, you know, tunnel vision sometimes, but you mm. know, I think that's okay. If you're playing on the second unit, like you mm. said, like yeah. if you just need guys to go in there and basically buy time until Steph is, you know, back mm. on the court mm-hmm. and everyone starts focusing on him again, then it's like, dude, I mean, you're, you know, EP is just going to be playing against a bunch of like, you know, second stringers too. So which he can just bully ball or like, you know, like you said, face up 15 footer mm. and then just hit the occasional open three. Like, that's really what we need from him. And then just, you know, defend. He's shown some flashes. I still think he has a lot of work to do on defense. But, um, you know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and one thing I like about him is, like, yes, in general, I don't really love iso ball that much. But one thing about, you know, this, this Warriors motion offense is if you try running it with a bunch of scrubs, you're at doesn't the, work. It doesn't work, and you're at the risk of giving up a lot of uh, fast break points the other way. But, you know, I, I think when you have something like EP, like trying to create something from the wing, um, you know, the risks of him losing the ball or you know taking a bad shot, it, it doesn't it doesn't translate to fast break points as much as it would be if he were to say, you know, try to take it from the top of the key or. Um, make these you know dangerous cross court passes, which you yeah. know the, when the Warriors are at their peak, they're fucking awesome at doing. But that's when you have Iguodala, Livingston, and you know Katie and Clay playing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I, you know, my my thing about Eric Pascal, you know, great story that he was first team All Rookie. Um, he is a, I'm going to say a perennial second unit guy, um, for for the rest of his career. I, I think just the way that the NBA game has evolved, um, unless he develops a really good, efficient three-pointer, um, you know, he, he's just going to be a niche niche scorer off the bench. Yeah, which is, you know, I think a lot of teams need, you know, just a, a forward who can come in, play a little bit of defense, and then just, like, you know, get a bucket, you know, bully ball, like, you know, because he has multiple ways of scoring. That's, you know, I think that's his biggest versatility, you know, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he can hit the mid range and he can, you know, bully his way to the rim and just dunk on people. Like he just is, you know, has, has the strength and the body for that. But, yeah. you know, I agree with you. If you, if he, if he doesn't get a consistent three, it's, you know, his, his ceiling is pretty limited. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, how far he can go in the league, but you know, it's good bench score. Yeah. Fine. I, and, and you know, honestly, even with Dre out, I don't love the idea of him starting. Uh, I would, I would rather Kerr kind of mix it up, maybe go a little bit smaller with, um, uh, uh, with, with uh, Bazemore starting at the two. I would think Bazemore, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would think Bazemore would yeah. would move to the two. I agree with you. Like yeah. Bazemore and then Ubre. Uh, Wiggins and then uh, you know whoever we decide to start. I don't even know if it's Chris or Wiseman or Loon. Yeah. You know, and but, I think yeah. You, you know, here's the other interesting thing is Chris was uh, shot the three pretty pretty decently during preseason. Um, if he can make that from with, with a decent clip, he could technically play the power forward position. Um, he he'd give the team that floor spacing at at the four. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, if, you know, if that is something you know, they talked about him working on, and they want him to take more of it. So, um, you know, we'll see how, how when you know the actual season starts. But I mean, yeah, he, the stroke looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, his career three point percentage is not good, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
yeah, the funny thing is his his rookie year, and yeah, I think Anthony Slater always brings this up. His rookie year when he was on the Phoenix Suns, he took something like 253s. Um, didn't shoot him well. But 2.7 was, a game. Yeah, yeah 2.7 a game. He, yeah. he was touted as a small forward um, that they wanted shooting threes. And, it, you know, so, so it, it, at some point it, they did think it would be part of his repertoire. So who knows? I mean, if, if he develops that, then I think that opens up a lot of options for us to play play a little bit bigger. Um and, you know, I think he's an underrated passer. I think Chris last year actually had some really good passes. Uh, he's a good, post. good, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I agree. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think at, at this point, you know, we'll do a little bit of small ball, um, keep Pascal on the bench and go with, uh, you know, Steph, Bazemore, Wiggins, Oubre, and uh, either Looney or Wiseman at the five, um, which I think takes us to a really good transition to talk about Wiseman. Um you know, uh, big dude, big effing dude. Yeah, dude is big, you know, um, but, uh, you know, and he's still building out his body. So we'll, uh, you know, we will see how he eventually kind of, uh, you know, ends up being. But, you know, I think the comp was, you know, size wise, he could be like Hassan White side size, mm, you know, yeah. like they were with a lot more, you know, uh, athleticism and stuff like that. But like, you know, seven one and build wise, he can kind of look like Hassan with a lot more mm. athleticism. So, yeah. you know, I think I think that could definitely happen. He was already two sixty. Like the guy's already big. You know, mm. like pretty decently big for a nineteen year old. Like that's yeah. pretty big. So if he can put on, you know, uh, you know a little bit. Oh no, he was like two forty five. But it, I was saying that you and I were talking. I was saying that you know maybe we could, if he could put on fifteen pounds of muscle at two sixty, two sixty five, yeah. that's when he can get really kind of scary mm-hmm. so but you know he, we have no footage of him <laughs> you know? arrested development nothing. no footage found yeah, no footage found dude. seriously <laughs> we have four games at memphis we haven't even seen him play in preseason like because of covid like it was just coming in blind mm-hmm. no idea what he's gonna do you know yeah but here's an interesting question for you do you want someone like him to put on an additional 15 pounds whether that's muscle or just you know fat because what seven footer has had a lot like a a long career who's had to play with that kind of high flyer athleticism um amari is the last one i can think of you know his knees are jacked um Dwight, I guess. I mean, you know, Dwight. I, I guess Dwight's had a pretty good career, and that, that's relied on his athleticism. Um, that's never really taken a step back. But I'm trying to think, like, for the most part, you know, whenever you think about these like high flying seven footer dudes, like they either get injured too early. Um, you know, uh, Greg Oden, another another example. Um, yeah, I, I'm just curious, like, high usage, high athleticism, big dudes. Like, I, I wonder if they're going to start discouraging them from putting on that, like, putting on that kind of weight. Um, oh, like, the other thing, too, is you got to remember, like, you know, these guys are 19 years old. They mm-hmm. uh, have not ever been part of a professional training regimen before mm-hmm. also. So mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times the idea is converting whatever you have already in the muscle right and that obviously will increase you know mm. weight and stuff like that too right mm. it's just like 
you know, how do you, because that's a balancing act too, like exactly what you're saying. Like, how do you keep a lot of your speed and athleticism? Um, but also, you know, if he needs to hang with Jokic, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, trying to body up AD and stuff in the post, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't just be some skinny dude. You're just going to get pushed to the basket and dunked on, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you got to have some bulk. Yeah, you know, against Joel and Beads and you know Jokic and all these like bigs who you know are really really huge. You know, yeah. it's like you've got to have some bulk. Like yeah. Jokic just backs people down like it's nothing. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. and it's just like at, at some point it's like you know obviously I don't think he's gonna get there, and then we'll see what the Warriors training staff does and you know how hard he works too. Right? It's like we don't know if he's willing to you know go through all of that as well. You know, it's like, dude, I don't know anything about this work ethic, work ethic or anything, you know? Yeah. Right? He speaks Chinese. Did you yeah. know that? Wow. Like, it's I saw some clips of it. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. So. It's, it's about on the same level as mine. Hey, hey maybe he yeah. knew that. Uh, maybe James Wiseman knows that you eat Tongan on the solstice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, dude. That's one more thing he knows uh, about Chinese culture than you. So Maybe they, you he, he knows how to say vegetables in Chinese because apparently I, I, I got to ask instead you of, that every time. Instead of secretly texting me and trying to seem smart but verifying with me first. You know? <laughs> hey, Chinese is a tough language. Yes, it really is. It's a, that is that is true. Yeah, yeah, so it's a good sign that Wiseman's committed to it. Um, let, let's let's wrap this up talking about uh, well we we got two guards that we got to talk about one probably the most important guard um, that that has put on a Golden State Warriors jersey uh, Jeremy Lin um, Jade Lin baby <laughs> we, we we were one day uh, away from reliving Lin sanity uh, in the form of the G League Santa Cruz Warriors uh, but apparently that fell through. Yeah, did not uh, did not happen. So we were waiting, you know, just for everyone who was, you know, not following this saga like Neil and I uh, were <laughs> the Jeremy Lin to the Santa Cruz Warriors saga. Uh, blockbuster, you know, they could, blockbuster. Yeah, deal. they could make a trilogy out of it, dude. Probably, you know, out of that so, sometime. But he was supposed to. He was interested in signing with us, but he needed clearance from FIBA. And the Chinese Basketball Association, which, mm-hmm. you know, CBA is part of FIBA. Yeah. But uh, they weren't working on the weekend. Oh, is that why weekend. it fell through? Yeah, dude. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, on the international side, a lot of paperwork doesn't get, like, processed on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> so he, like, requested it, you know, permission to, like, get released from his, you know, release his rights and stuff in China so he can sign here. And then, you know, it was... Uh, you know, it didn't get processed in time, which meant the Warriors could not uh, sign and waive him, uh, yeah. which was the original intent, was assigned to an Exhibit 10 contract, waive him, and it would keep his G League rights. And then if we do that before the deadline, we would have no cap hit because it would be uh, prior to the start of the season. So we would sign him prior to the official start of the fiscal season, which means no cap hit, and then you get his rights, right? But uh, we didn't make it in time. Uh, and, you know, we ended up signing, you know, what's his name? Elijah, Elijah Penburton. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. did the same thing. So, you know, what we could have done if we really wanted Jeremy was to, uh, you know, sign him, do the same thing, sign him to an Exhibit 10 uh, on the first day of the fiscal year. Uh, but, you know, given our atrocious 
tax bill, <laughs> you know, even a minimum contract for Jeremy Lin uh, with the Exhibit 10 clause would have cost us like 75 grand in taxes for like one day. Like, and, you know, two days would have been like 150 grand. And, you know, I think the Warriors front office was like, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, let's just sign Elijah Penburton or whatever, um, insert generic name here, and then just fucking <laughs> call it a day, right? It's just like... Oh, but think about the G League jerseys they would have sold. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Santa Cruz Warriors jerseys, man. For Jay all the All the people that uh, would start lining up to buy the uh, uh, the Jalen jerseys again, man. <laughs> Lynn Sanity Part 2. Uh, I just, I spent way too much time following this Jeremy Lin thing. It's just embarrassing. It's <laughs> hey. just like, it's so sad. Well, like, I mean, that's how much we root for the guy, man. It's just so sad. I just spent way too much time. I'm just like sitting here. I'm just like reconsidering my life. W- w- know, welcome, like, welcome to married life. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, it's the same feeling I had after a couple of our Vegas trips. Let's <laughs> just leave it as an end. <laughs> hey, casino <laughs> war after the clubs, man. Nothing better than that. <laughs> Yeah, you want twenty bucks? It's pretty good. I think I would a lot. More Was it twenty, 20 bucks, bucks or something? Yeah, yeah. In a lifetime, probably a little bit more than that. Casino War has done me well. Um, at two a.m. after leaving the rum jungle in Mandalay Bay or something. Yeah, Mandalay. Yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to Mandalay Bay. Shout uh, out to Mandalay Bay, dude. <laughs> On to uh, the point guard that actually matters, Steph Curry. Um, how do you how do you envision him playing him this year? Like, if you were Kerr, uh, minutes. D- tell me how many minutes you want him playing, uh, and how many minutes of that do you want him? actually running the offense versus him coming off screens and and all of that i don't i don't know what you know i think ideally they had steph previously um what was it like he would play the first and third quarters mm-hmm. like in full right so that's mm-hmm. 24 minutes and he played half the second quarter Right, so that's six minutes. That's thirty minutes already, and then he finished the game in the in the final six minutes of the mm-hmm. third quarter. So, um, thirty-five. Yeah, I think they would minutes. probably try trim that down a little bit. My guess is maybe, you know, same thing: first and third quarters, and then five minutes in the second and fourth to finish mm-hmm. out the game. So maybe keep him at thirty-four to thirty-five minutes. Yeah. You know, really, I don't think he want to play him at thirty-six. Like, you know, probably thirty-four. Given Steph's age and you know how hard he has to work on offense, like I, yeah. I would probably be more comfortable with 34 minutes in or the so. truncated season. The truncated in the truncated season, season is, yeah, is yeah, what we're concerned about. Yeah, I, I would say, if anything, you know, let, yank him, you know, with like two minutes left in the first quarter or something, unless he's really yeah, cooking. or even yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that just, works too. You know, it's stakes aren't high at the end of the first quarter, and usually it's a bunch of scrubs anyway. So. Uh, like sometimes you'll you'll even be going against like a full second unit um, against yeah. the other team at that point. So I, I would I would kind of lean towards that. Um, what do you think about running the offense? I mean, we, we haven't talked much about Brad Wanamaker. The the criticism about him is he's uh, more of a head down like uh, point you know get to the rack point guard than a an initiator. Um, but with him in the game running the point, you could have Steph playing off the ball, uh, and you you still do have to respect you know Wanamaker's three point shot, so that kind of opens things up a little bit more for Steph. 
uh, do you like the idea of that or possibly another, um, you know, Wiggins running the point or somebody else running the point so that stuff can get open off the baseline? Yeah, I mean, ideally you would, you know, obviously right now without Draymond, that's a little more difficult. You have to kind of start thinking about other stuff. But, you know, you can always have Draymond operate top of the key or elbow positions, you know, to initiate the offense, you know, as well, right? So that's another option that you can have as an initiator. But, you know, even, you know, even during the preseason, just having Steph come up, you know, rather than him having the ball, uh, he would just kind of pass it to, you know, Wiggins or Ubre on the wings and then, you know, run his routes, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, the guys will just kind of move the ball around until, you know, they, they can hit Steph. And I think with Draymond back, that will help a lot, too, because that's just going back to our motion offense. I think just going back to that, um, you know, is what, you know, Steph and Draymond are, are familiar with. And I think they are probably going to spam the pick and roll a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This year, with um, who? uh, with what I I would guess with Draymond and maybe like Wiseman or something, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just you know when you and I mean even Chris, you know, he's a good diver to the basket, you know, it's just I feel like it's you know they don't they never really used it that much. Just Curve doesn't really like it, but I don't know with without Clay and stuff like that, and you know mm-hmm. needing more kind of offense maybe. Maybe we see more of that. I don't know. I'm just kind of speculating, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I don't love the Draymond pick and roll when it's like when, when you're starting from the wing, like or from the three point line area. I, I think a Draymond pick and roll is better from, um, from like when you're not. I don't want to say closer to half court, but you know, at like two thirds court or something like that, just because it gives him a little bit more uh, more of a head of steam to get to the basket. I feel like whenever we do the pick and roll with Draymond at the three-point line, he just he just doesn't get enough momentum to really make a good move, and uh, it, it always just ends up being this kind of like half-assed flip shot or like a, a pass that gets easily you know cut off because you know since you just have less of an angle to work with when you but you know, you, you know you got to remember when you have Steph initiating mm-hmm. the pick and roll, what is the most likely thing that is going to happen? They're going to trap him yeah. because they do not want him coming off the, the, the screen and mm-hmm. shooting a pull-up three. Yeah. So they're going to get the ball of his hands, which means it's a Draymond four on three, right? This is what brought us so much success because I think, like, you know, they, they're going to – people with – us with less weapons, they mm-hmm. are going to for sure force others to beat us. So they're going to take the ball out of Steph's hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think if you initiate a pick and roll with Steph, they are going to trap it. Like I can, you know, I'm guaranteed. pretty sure. Like, well, yeah, well, there's no guarantee or, or guarantees anymore. But um, <laughs> you know, whatever comes next. But uh, you know, I just feel I feel like that's how most teams would try to. Uh, attack that. Be like, hey, make Draymond beat us, make Uber and make corner threes, make Wiggins make wing threes, mm-hmm. you know, to beat us. Yeah. Rather than Steph Curry coming off a screen and just jacking up threes. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, most of the time a recipe for disaster if you're the defensive mm-hmm. team. Yeah. You know, 
which is what the Portland Trailblazers essentially gave yeah, up. Yeah, drop in 20, defense uh, and you're just... Yeah, in 2019, <laughs> absolutely yeah. stupid. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I like Draymond with the four, like running the the four on three offense off that off that pick and roll. It's just when he catches it, let's say you know near the free throw line off of that off of that roll. It's just so much easier to collapse on the the passing lanes. Yeah. Um, which which is why I would say you know hopefully Steph's range has expanded a little bit so that he he would be a constant threat from you know thirty thirty one feet out um, so that you can start the pick and roll just a little bit further out um, so that you know Draymond has a little bit more time and a little bit more space to make those passes because we all know Draymond's floater is garbage he has no pull up jumper. Yeah. Uh, not a great finisher either, to be honest. No. So, no. Um, just layups. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So if I were, you know, if I were the guy guarding the role, um, I would be guarding those passing lanes uh, as first priority. Um, I would almost give up some of those layups because he blows a lot of them. I mean, I, I don't like. I would love to see a Draymond stat, a Draymond at the rim. I don't think it's very good. Um, so. Hopefully Draymond has had a lot of time in the past, you know, year and a half to reflect on that. He hasn't been really playing any good basketball. So uh, hopefully he has some kind of a floater or some kind of pull up Jay that he's going to, he's going to whip out and impress us with. Um, do you, um, you know, and then we can't really tell we had, we didn't watch Draymond play preseason, obviously, but you know, he looks slimmer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully that, you know, will help with mobility and, you know, uh, hopefully that'll give him some powers to make threes at it better than mm-hmm. 29% clip. Yeah. You know, embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing, dude. That <laughs> shit is just so bad. It's like, it's like Russell Westbrook style. <laughs> like, you're just like, come on, dude. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty bad. Like, we just, I'm not even shooting for 35. I'm like, dude, can you hit like 33%? One out of three. <laughs> You know, we just need you to hit like Uber mm-hmm. 35, Wiggins 35, 36. Like those guys, I, I you know, preferably get them to like 35, 36. You know, Bays, if you can hit 35, 36, you know, that's all good signs for us. But mm-hmm. I just need Draymond to hit 33. Yeah. Come on. Needs He needs to be respectable. Like, yeah. And yeah. It, it, it was embarrassing how, like, how so bad, bad they looked sometimes. Like, you know, the air balls. Um, yeah. And they're playing five feet off them because they're just like take the three because you're so bad at it, you yeah. know. And then he has no, like you said, he's not confident, you know, mm-hmm. with the floater. He's not confident finishing at the basket, so he kind of just ends up dribbling and mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, pass the ball around again because he can't do anything with it yeah. when he's that far out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So hopefully, you know, between between him and Curry, you know, they they've improved their two man game to to include a wider repertoire of, you know, offensive weapons because if if they haven't improved since, you know, two seasons ago, I think this Warriors team is in trouble because, you know, Wiggins and Oubre, we need them to score at least 35 points a game. For them to do that, like, it it can't be, you know, them shooting, you know, a combined 17 of 50, which is which is which is a possibility. I mean, if Steph needs to give up the ball, like they might make Oubre and Wiggins shoot a lot. I don't think they're going to shoot a combined fifty shots, but like, you know, even seventeen to forty would be pretty damn bad. Like, 
I, I don't want to see that. Like those guys need to be shooting in the like 45, uh, 45%, 46% range. Um, really, they, yeah. they should be getting a lot of layups because of their athleticism, because of their explosiveness, because of the space that, that Steph creates. Um, they should be getting a lot of good looks at the rim. So, But we'll see. I mean, my early feeling on the preseason, you know, and granted Dre, Draymond and Wiseman did not play. I I don't think this team is that good. But I don't think the rest of the Western Conference is that good either. So, GSW uh, seventh seed is my is my prediction. What do you got? I actually think we're. I'm I'm a little more. So I okay. guess I shouldn't say I I'm I probably think I think what both of us think that the Warriors are um, probably not that good. So like I agree with you that. You know, it's unlikely they're going to be anything higher than, like you said, like a seven seed. That would be, for me, a best case scenario. I actually think the teams in the West are better than mm. you think. Mm. So I think because of that, I think the Warriors are probably going to be an eight or nine seed. Uh, I'm so sorry, I don't. I, I think seven back. is yeah, t- I, top. I, I take that back. It's not that I don't think the the West is is not that good. It's that they're going to be load managing a lot more um, because they want a fresh. They want fresh, fresh playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and there isn't as much of a pride in trying to beat the Golden State Warriors anymore. Like, you can totally see a Laker team, Clipper team, um, a Nugget team just mailing it in on a February night against the Warriors. That's going to happen, um, and and I think that that's kind of where the Warriors will be able to hang around at that seventh seed because. They're good enough to win games, um, but not good enough to actually convey the you know the kind of respect that we've seen them get the past five six years. The question was always you know looking at last year's playoff like list who's dropping out. OKC's mm-hmm. the only one that's definitively out. Yeah. Right. And then you have teams that are fighting for slots or us, Phoenix. Uh, and then, you know, maybe Grizzlies, you know, and Kings, Spurs, yeah. Spurs you know, I mean, Spurs, I'm, I'm not super high on, mm. um, you know, I think their roster just isn't very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, New yeah. Orleans, I'm sorry. Yeah. New Orleans, New Orleans is, I have higher than, I'm higher on them than Spurs. So, you know, you have a lot of these teams that are, you know, I feel like they're all like about the same, like they're all pretty good, but like. Most of them don't deserve to be in the playoffs, you know, but then they're all like decent, like, uh, like, you know, Pelicans could be good. Ingram, Zion, Lonzo, like, you know, it's like they, they have some good young players. They, they could be good. They could make some noise, but, um, you know, who knows? You know, I just think like most of the teams are still going to be in the teams that made it last year. You know, Houston may end up imploding, but that's only when Harden gets traded. Yeah, and uh, Christian Woods look good for them so far. So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they'll be as good. But I mean, I don't think they'll drop out of the playoffs if Harden plays there. I mean, yeah. Harden will just get you a playoff berth. Like, you know, yeah. I just think that's going to happen. Yeah, and they still have EG. They still have you know, Tuck Wagon. Yeah. And, well, you know, they, and they have John Wall. Wagon, so you know, it's yeah, yeah, John Wall, dude. Yeah, yeah. maybe and Boogie. Maybe he has something left in the tank. Yeah. He hasn't played basketball in three years, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, same as Boogie. 
Boogie has been yeah. dating like a year and a half. Oh, Boogie so. Cousins. There you yeah. go. Yeah. It's a high high ceiling, you know. And I don't want to get into this trade too much, but I think the Russell Will uh, Russell Westbrook for Russell uh, Wilson. Oh man, <laughs> that's a dude I would love to see play basketball. Your, your favorite player, dude. <laughs> he, I, I, I've said this before. If he was not a Seahawk, I would buy his jersey. I, that man is a sick man. Um, Oh, he's unfortunately, this, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, he's on the CLC. Yeah, yeah, he has to play for this shit franchise that I just <laughs> this, this live around franchise. and listen to their fans talk about. Uh, but, you know, say what you will about the, you know, John Wall and his career. Like, we know what Russell Westbrook's ceiling was with the Rockets. Like, we knew how that game plan had to be effectively um, pigeonholed into one approach to let. Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, be effective. Well, you know, that didn't work, right? It, yeah. it was, you know, it, it it fizzled out in the bubble. And yes, I understand he had COVID, but there was no way that they could have played, you know, good teams in the seven game series and the other team like not have figured it out, right? There's just no way that that was going to happen. I think John Wall, yeah, he hasn't been good the past couple of years, but at least there's some... He hasn't played. Well, even before him, like, going down with the yeah. injury, he wasn't good. Yeah. Um, but th- there is some kind of ceiling. Like, he could be... He could come back to, you know, his form four years ago. Um, he could, you know, initiate an offense where Harden doesn't need to pound the rock for, you know, 20 seconds and then jack a step back three. Uh, there could be a little bit more creativity to that Houston offense under uh, under Stephen Silas, and there could be an effective Boogie Cousins. There there could be uh, you know an eighteen and ten Boogie Cousins who can you know hold his arms up and block shots at the rim. There is that there is that universe. So uh, I, I'm not hating the uh, the Rockets as much for this trade as I, I think most people are. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we'll see, but ultimately the, uh, you know, it's going to be crowded near the bottom of the playoff race. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we are going to be in the hunt, but, you know, I I think it's probably a 500 team, yeah. this team, would yeah. be my guess. 72 game season, I'm guessing 36 mm-hmm. yeah. wins is my, my guess. Yeah. You know, I don't think we are going to be better than a 500 team. Um, and, uh, you know, given the the clay injury that i think that makes sense you know if clay was healthy then i would definitely say we would be fighting for you know you know a four seed or something like that three four seed or something like that we, we would definitely have the talent for that especially with Ubre and stuff you know it was yeah well we wouldn't like, have had Ubre though without clay i mean maybe we would have no we would have but we it's yeah we we still had slot for him yeah, yeah you know if if we felt like lake of if he made the move you know, because we lost Clay. But, you know, if he felt like Uber is available and, and, you know, he was okay with just kind of getting him to see if that can push us over the edge, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, because that's mm-hmm. added that even just Uber off the bench or something, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Or a small ball lineup, you know, mm-hmm. Steph, Clay, Uber, Wiggins, and Draymond, right? Oof. Switch everything. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Hey, we we could still have that team next year if uh, if Lakers yeah, wants exactly. to pay tax out of the wazoo. Um, we there's so much more to talk about. I, I think the tax situation is very interesting, but uh, this is a pretty good stopping point since you know we got a whole season ahead of us, and I am fucking pumped, man. 
I am so pumped for a meaningful Golden State Warriors game that uh, I like. I don't care, you know, who they would have been playing. They could have been playing, you know, the the Cleveland Cavaliers or something, or you know, some G League select team. Uh, I I am just so stoked to see the Warriors at you know at semi full strength and actually playing. And the other thing too is is I feel like the it, regular season games are going to mean a lot more now mm-hmm. uh, this year, right? For so, sure. um, you know, it's hard for us, especially if we kind of get down the stretch. You uh, we, you got to pay attention to every single one of these games because mm-hmm. the playoff implications would be huge. Yeah. Previously, we would be one seed or two seed or whatever. It's like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we're going to make us. We're going to get in and you know we're gonna probably just you know beat the first round pretty easily and just kind of move on right so it's like yeah you know there's a lot of like foregone conclusion Mm -hmm. with uh how stacked the warrior teams was in the past Mm -hmm. by the way i realized what a complete jackass i sound like just talking about how good uh, (laughs) this team was the last you know five years but that's what it was you know and you could you know even you skip the random game and February it was you know probably okay because it would have no impact on the standings probably but you know now it's like every game is going to be so crucial just to get playoff seating like just to get into the the play-in tournament you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's going to be huge so it's going to be fun just being over that every game like matters like you need to win every game possible yeah so back to back to 2007 the we believe team you know people don't people don't uh remember that yes you know the warriors closed the season on a a pretty fantastic run like a 10 and 2 record or something like that but there was a critical um loss that the clippers had i believe to the kings uh that made it happen um we spoilers kings were spoilers yeah 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 and like we were not you know we were not in the driver's seat like we did not have control of our fate a a lot of good things happened in our favor uh including you know avery johnson sitting (laughs) sitting dirk in in the uh final regular season game uh knowing that he'd be playing against us in the playoffs that was yeah that was a very very strange uh, chess move and probably why Avery Johnson you know n- didn't really last very long as a as an NBA coach uh what a what a trip down memory lane and uh you know you and I did an, did an episode earlier this year re-watching some of that we believe stuff so I, I, this year certainly has the the makings of that you know underdog story again um yeah I'm I'm excited that just like paying attention to to every detail of every game now just to fight for a playoff berth. That's yeah. gonna be fun. No, you know what? Yeah, pay more attention to the Jeremy Lin saga. Find out if the Guangdong Southern Tigers are gonna, you know, uh, take phone calls to to give them the release paperwork. No, this, I think that's Yi's team. <laughs> oh, is it? So don't slander. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making that up. I have no clue. Yi Jian Lian. Yi Jian Lian, Wang Zizi, and Mank Batir, the, uh, the the old China greats. The OGs. <laughs> the OGs. All right, man. Well, great talking to you, and uh, can't wait for some hoops. GSW, let's go. Let's go.